Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A lot of information overload as information continues to fly at people about COVID-19. Question about kids getting the virus, booster shots, natural immunity in the community. Uh, That leaves a a lot of folks feeling just overwhelmed and often left with a lot of questions. But if you think there are no answers behind those headlines, it's time to think again. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Very pleased today to have Dr. Philip Ross uh, joining us, the Chief Medical Officer for Mountain Star Healthcare. Uh, Dr. Ross, thanks for coming back on the program. Uh, Mr. Matheson, thank you for having me. Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, well, as we as we roll into, it's hard to believe it's September, uh, but as we roll into September and school in the fall, first, can you just kind of give us a perspective from, from Mountain Star in terms of what you're seeing, what you're sensing, and obviously a lot of people are focused on what does this mean for our kids as they're back in school, and so kind of where are we? So I, I think the bottom line is that COVID in kids is real, and having had a conversations with our medical director of Mountain Star Pediatric Services, Dr. Dustin Monroe, they are seeing an increase in the emergency department visits with small children, particularly under the six months of age, with symptoms of COVID, and they eventually testing positive. All these kids are quite ill-appearing, but they all have done actually very well. And we have indeed seen also an increase in admissions of these children. But uh, in general, uh, they're doing well, number one. And number two is we do have plenty of capacity to care for these children at our Ogden Regional Medical Center pediatric unit, as well as the Timpanogos Regional Hospital pediatric unit in Orem. So I think I want to you know, emphasize that uh, parents need to understand that COVID is in children real. And at the same time, don't hesitate to bring your children to the hospitals because we do have capacity and we are ready to care for your children. Oh, that's uh, so important and, and very reassuring that uh, there is both the capacity and, of course, Kids seem to be very resilient on a on a host of things, and uh, it seems to be the same uh, with COVID as well. I also wanted to ask you, uh, Dr. Ross, uh, in terms of uh, something else that tends to kind of spike as we go into the winter months, and that's uh, children showing up with uh, with RSV. What are we seeing there, and uh, any anything you're seeing in, in kind of that connection uh, with RSV and those symptoms uh, as well as COVID? So we are definitely seeing these common respiratory viruses, 
And, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, there were very few to almost zero patients presenting to our pediatricians with these symptoms and these diseases. Now we do see quite a few of them with the RSV, the rhinovirus and the parainfluenza viruses. Particularly, you know, if these cases are combined with the COVID, uh, they are at a higher risk for complications. So it's not to be underestimated. And it's important that parents maintain the basic things that they can do for these kids. And that's like a hand hygiene. And of course, uh, vaccination of any of the kids that are eligible, that means 12 and over, and uh, maintain all the necessary precautions as directed by their local health department. Yeah. Uh, there's also been a lot of uh, discussion of late around a third shot, a booster shot uh, for COVID-19. Uh, from your perspective, you know, where are we on that? Who needs that? What's the likelihood of that moving as we get into, the, again, the fall and winter months? Well, that's a very good question. So I think, first of all, booster shots or third shots are nothing new in the vaccine world. You know, we do know that vaccines often do not provide lifelong protection. And good example of that is your tetanus shot that needs to be repeated every 10 years. The same now is uh, we're learning that is the similar thing applies to COVID vaccines. And the FDA and the CDC is citing their own data that points to a decreased protection after approximately eight months that may increase the breakthrough infections with an asymptomatic mild to moderate disease. So based on that data and this learning, it is coming to light that the CDC and FDA is recommending really a booster shots for two groups of patients. One is the immunocompromised group of uh, individuals that may have not mounted the appropriate immune response. And for them, after a completion of their normal cycle of single or two in- injections, they're recommended to have a third booster shot. Now, the second group is really for the ordinary folks that have been vaccinated, particularly in the early part of the vaccination campaign in December and January, where eight months after their initial completion of their vaccination, they are going to be eligible for a booster shot. Now, again, I think the most important thing is to focus our energy on administering booster shots to the most vulnerable population, and that would be really the immunocompromised patients. It would be the elderly and the healthcare workers. Yeah, so it'd be really similar to how we rolled out in the beginning in terms of where those priorities need to be in terms of elderly, those that have compromised immune systems, and of course our our heroic uh, healthcare workers as well. Uh, there's also been a lot of discussion of late, and would love your perspective on this, uh, Dr. Ross. Uh, about uh, just the natural immunity, what sort of protection uh, comes from those who have had the infection uh, of COVID-19? What does that give you? How does that play out? Uh, Give us some perspective in terms of maybe some of those who have had it or had mild symptoms of it. What does their immunity look like and and what should they be thinking about moving forward? I think that, uh, you know, this is an interesting question because I've been posed that question uh, many times. The bottom line is, a natural immunity does not provide you equal and as robust protection as a COVID-19 vaccine. Mm. So do get vaccinated despite having experienced COVID-19 as a disease. It, the data points that a breakthrough or repeat infections are about twice as likely 
in patients that have not been vaccinated and gone through a natural immunity. Uh, therefore, it is the bottom line, as I said, is despite you having gone through disease, your natural immunity is not as robust, not as long-lasting as the one that you can benefit or you can gain through vaccination. Now, always immune responses to vaccinations and disease are varying from person to person. Sure. So, uh, it, you know, it's hard to apply a single single measuring for everybody, you know, living in the United States. But as what I said before, natural immunity is not as robust as the one gained through a vaccination. Yeah, that's great perspective. And I again, I appreciate the fact that you're looking at this broadly and uh, the individual application. Again, people need to get with their health care providers and uh, make sure they're working that through uh, based on where they are and, and their individual needs as well. If you're just joining us, Dr. Philip Ross, who's the Chief Medical Officer for Mountain Star Healthcare, is on the line with us, uh, always giving us good perspective. Uh, Dr. Ross, before I let you go, um, is there anything else we should be thinking about or things uh, as individuals, as families, as communities that maybe we're not thinking about as it relates to the uh, pandemic and COVID-19 as we roll into these fall and winter months? Let me share with you a specific case. We have taken care of a newborn that has significant complications after delivery to a mother who was COVID-19 positive. This case, I think, emphasizes the need and the importance of having pregnant women vaccinated. There's been very, there's been significant concerns from uh, uh, mothers-to-be about being vaccinated and the safety of vaccines. It is beyond doubt proven that the vaccines are not just only, not just safe, but also effective for pregnant women and can provide a tremendous amount of protection to them and their future child or children. So I think, um, you know, again, I think if anything, the take home message is that uh, pregnant or not pregnant, get vaccinated. Wonderful. Dr. Philip Ross, again, Chief Medical Officer for Mountain Star Healthcare. We always appreciate your perspective and insight and appreciate you and all of our healthcare heroes uh, for all that you're doing for us during the course of this pandemic. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Lots to digest there. You want to go back and listen to that uh, on our podcast, kslpodcast.com, or you can get that on the KSL News Radio app, uh, sponsored by PC Laptop. Uh, next, is your driver's license going digital? Apple announced plans today to let people in Utah upload the driver's license to their phones. ABC News' Mark Remillard is going to join us next to talk about when Utahs can expect to get a digital driver's license. Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.